The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard, a mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist and songwriter. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Well, happy Monday. It's good to see you, Jess. And good to see you too. Happy Monday. I can't believe it's Monday again. Me either. These weeks are going by too fast. And this podcast is like making me realize how fast these weeks go by. 100%. I'm like, it's Monday again. (laughs) It's Monday again. And I'm excited because I really want to talk about getting your kids involved in the kitchen. This is something that we love to do. And I know you love to do it too. And you've also helped guide us in a lot of ways in that process. I guess I'd love to start out by asking, why is it so important that we cook with our kids? The thing I want to say before I answer is that getting kids involved in the kitchen can be one of those things that just is so daunting that we're just like, Oh, do I really want to deal with the mess? And do I really want to do them? And it honestly will probably take me a quarter of the amount of time, if not less, if I just did it on my own. And so I think whenever, you know, we recommend all the time, get your kids involved in the kitchen, but then we think about what is the practicality of that. And a lot of times it's daunting. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the benefits, but let's also talk about how we can make it so much more manageable. Right. And it doesn't have to be every meal. Exactly. Like, It can be once every few days. Yes. Yes. I honestly, I think it's up there with tantrums in the sense that if you get your kid cooking with you in the kitchen and you're not fully prepared for it, or it's just a bigger task than you thought of, them asking for another piece or wanting to get involved, just that noise pollution, I think can just break anyone's brain. So today, what we really want to do is show you how you can make it manageable and enjoyable. Right. All right. So some benefits. So there's actually a lot of benefits of getting your kids involved in the kitchen. I think we think it just might be a fun activity and a sensory experience for them, but it's just so much more. So one of the first things that is so important to touch on is that your kid's exposure to food starts by touching and seeing, not even tasting. And so getting your kids involved in the kitchen really gets them excited about trying new ingredients and different combinations. It really gets them more engaged during mealtime because they're involved in the process. They feel very empowered and excited about things that they made. And studies show that it improves nutritional choices and communication skills and patience. I mean, we all want our kids to be more patient. And I think cooking is a great way to help build that. And our own patience. and our own patients. And then the other thing it does is it helps develop those fine motor skills. So the dumping of the ingredients, the stirring, the attention that they have to, how much they have to pay attention in the kitchen actually develops those fine motor skills. And so that's wonderful. 
And my favorite, my favorite benefit of it is that it helps build confidence and self-esteem. Haley, I think this is something you just saw with Liv when she just blossomed in the kitchen after you started. But them feeling like they can do something on their own and build something and cook actually makes them so much more confident and have higher self-esteem. And I think we want that all for our kids. Yes, we do. So those are those are the benefits of it. And so I think when you're prepping to say, okay, there are a lot of benefits. I want my kids to get these benefits. But practically, how do you do it? I mean, what are kind of these tips to get your kids involved? Do you remember the first time you started cooking with Liv? You know, hmm, I can't remember the exact moment. I feel like it's just something that we we just do so often because we were doing it. And just like we talk about kids want to emulate whatever we're doing. And so she was just kind of helping us with little things here and there. I think the egg cracking might've been the first thing. You are so brave that that was your first thing. I, I still, <laughs> that still just impresses me so much. You know what? I think my mom, I remember when my mom was teaching me how to crack eggs as a kid. And I remember her really letting me do it. And I remember feeling like, wow, I just did that. And I baked a lot with my mom. It was a fun thing that we did in the kitchen. And so it's fun to now do it with Olivia. And Luca's kind of getting to that phase where we're incorporating him into certain things. So I was like, okay, Haley, let go of your control and just let's see what she does. And so we tried the egg cracking thing. And actually, she's pretty good at it. Kids are kids are pretty good at it. If you just let them try, it's just like hard to let go of that control sometimes. And then Jess, you had told us after we had done the egg cracking thing to do tap, 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 find the crack and pull it apart. And so that's what we do. And she loves to teach Luca that now. And she tap, tap, taps it on the counter, finds the crack, pulls it apart, and then puts the, the shells in the other bowl which is fun. And she feels empowered. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember when I did that. And it's just such a full circle moment. That example touches on something that's so important that we just talked about. But you remembering that moment is so powerful. I think that it takes a lot of work on our end, like a lot of things in parenting, to really get our kids involved. But you cracking the egg and remembering that memory just shows how much that helped build your self-confidence. Right. So Mm -hmm. we might think of it as just a messy experience where they're cracking an egg. But if we zoom out and we really look at it, you getting involved in the kitchen at that age helps you build your self-confidence. Yeah. Wow. It did. And I loved it. It's a it's a cool memory. And it's just I love doing it with Olivia too. She she enjoys it. And then there's also days where she's like, I don't want to crack the egg. I don't want to get messy. Cause you know, you get she's still like getting her hands all egg whitey. And so I have to really encourage her through that because I'm like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do it. But then if I say like, oh no, you should try it. Then she's like, okay, I'll do it. Okay. So now for all the parents out there that are listening, parents or caregivers that want to help kids crack an egg, what are your tips for success? What has worked for you guys? Something else that you told us to do, I remember was getting two bowls out, one bowl for the eggs to go in and one bowl for the shells to go in. And then I always have some paper towels or a a hand towel (laughs) ready because it does get messy. Yes. Yeah. And even Olivia today was like, I don't want to get messy today. Yeah. So I'm like, it's okay. It's okay to get messy and just kind of reinforcing that that's okay and that's normal and we can clean up the mess. But my 
yeah, part of me is like, yeah, I don't want to get messy either. Like I'd rather not clean this up, but I also have to remember I need to teach her that it is okay. Absolutely. That sensory experience of cooking is also one of the huge benefits. So them actually getting messy and feeling all of the ingredients on their hands is really important. With egg cracking, one of the biggest things is, I know a lot of people always ask me, when is my kid ready to crack an egg? Before you start cracking an egg with your kid, you're going to start teaching them that raw egg makes you sick. So we want to make sure that they have enough control that they're not going to crack the egg and then immediately put their hands in their mouth. As you practice, I love getting like little just wooden eggs to play around with and play and start teaching them tap, 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 where you just tap it on the ground. You put your thumbs in and you pull it apart. And um, with Bryce, we did that where we would play and practice it for probably a couple of weeks to a month before he felt more confident in play. And then we would translate that play into the kitchen. Mm, How old was he? Did you just say that? No, I didn't say it. He was probably when we did it a little under two and a half, he was ready. But there's okay. a wide range. You know, you if your kid is is cooking in the kitchen and putting everything in their mouth, even when you say raw ingredients make you sick and they still don't have that impulse control, wait on egg for a little and practice with other ingredients. Okay. That actually brings me to one of like there's a couple things that we need to do before we actually cook with our kid to make it successful. So, like we were saying, I mean, Haley, I'm sure you've experienced this. There's nothing worse than getting into the kitchen where things are unorganized and you're trying to quickly get something together and your kid is nonstop asking you, like, you know, Bryce will say, more fig, more fig, more fig, more fig, more fig. I'm like, I'm getting you the fig. I'm getting you the fig. And I'm like, I love that he knows what a fig is. He's so cute. He definitely knows his dried fruit. Like I think he could write a book on dried fruit at this point. He is <laughs> dried fruit is one of our keys when we're cooking. We always have a taste tester. So it's not fair for us to cook with kids and not have something for them to be able to put in their mouth and taste because yeah. we can hardly contain ourselves. You know, when we're baking cookies, we want to eat the raw spoon of the raw cookie dough. And kids have that same impulse. So when you're yeah. cooking with your kids, there's a couple things to do to make sure that it's just safe and goes well. Prep. I mean, you're going to over prep, pretend like you're on a cooking show, get as many ingredients as you can ahead of time, just prepped out so that they can do the dumping. You know, the step from going to the flour, measuring out the flour and then dumping is a whole extra step. So if you put in little containers ahead of time, the flour, and you can just hand it to them to dump makes life so much easier. It does. Because like you were saying, it is a nightmare trying to do it if you haven't prepped. Because I've done this too many times, whether it's our smoothie in the morning or trying to bake banana bread in the afternoon, like it's possible and it's doable. It's just a little more frustrating. And so the times that I like to to do it are if if I happen to wake up early that morning, I'll prep the smoothie stuff a little bit. I'll, I'll leave stuff for her to do, but I like to do it in the morning if I've gotten up early enough or after nap time for their snack time so that at the end of their nap time, I can go in the kitchen for 10 minutes and go get the flour and kind of measure it out or get it almost prepped so that they can then just dump like you were saying and then have their their treat for snack. Absolutely. I mean, yes, the more that we can prep the ingredients and the more that we can prep them. So if you know you're going to have time, like you said, after their nap time and you know you're going to cook with them, you can start to say like, after nap time, we're going to make a smoothie. And so you're prepping them so that their brain is already wired and they're excited to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. What else? So you said no raw stuff. 
Right. Make sure you're prepped. Yeah. So just make sure with the raw stuff that they know not to put it in their mouth. Things that kids love if you're just starting off, you know, awesome things for kids is mixing and dumping. Like really you can limit it to that or peeling apart herbs. Those are kind of the three places to start. So get your kids their own little or an extra set of measuring cups and measuring spoons let them play around when you are cooking, even if it's pretend play, you know, get them a little set of pots and pans that they can actually use at the kitchen with you and let them practice dumping. And then when they've practiced dumping, eventually you get to do it where you can say, here, you're ready, dump the ingredients in and they can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. They love it. They love it. And you know, as well as anyone, but no matter how much you prep, you still have to expect errors. Like it's, this is not going to be a seamless process but just remembering that the more you prep and the more you think about it ahead of time, the better that they'll do. And so there are going to be errors and that's okay. And it's probably going to be messy still, but it's going to be much more contained and it's not going to make your head spin as it would if you didn't prepare. Mm -hmm. Plus, I feel like I'm kind of on a cooking show where it's just like, oh, this is so easy. I'm all ready. It's prepared. Oh my gosh. When I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this for myself anytime I cook? Because it makes the cooking experience a dream. It makes it so much easier. I can put on a podcast. I can sit there and listen. And I can actually enjoy the cooking process opposed to prepping and then cooking all at once. So preparation helps kids so much, but it also helps adults a lot more than we ever give credit for. And so it's kind of like how we say we wish we had someone put us to bed at night and give us a bedtime routine. Cooking is one of those that it helps me realize how much structure I like in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing to touch on is staying consistent. So when we say cook, that doesn't mean you need to do some super fancy recipe. Kind of the best thing for kids is if you choose something, you know, like overnight oats is the perfect example. Choose something that you cook every week. So they start to associate on Wednesdays, we make overnight oats. Because what that does is it's giving them that consistency and then it's giving them the same recipe so they can really build that confidence and learn. So when you made the joke that Bryce knows you know, what a dried fig is, that's all from overnight oat making because we make that weekly. It's The entire recipe is just dumping. So you're not really focused on anything besides dumping ingredients in and mixing it up. So it's an easy recipe to do. But if when we tell Bryce it's Wednesday and it's time for him to make his oats, he gets so excited. And he knows, <laughs> you know, he knows to put like, he gets ready with the cinnamon and the figs and whatever we're flavoring it with. And then we'll do new combinations. And it really helps him get involved because he knows the recipe now. I mean, he could probably make it without Josh and me being there. That is so cool. Oh. I love that he does that. Yeah, that's really neat. That I feel like that's Olivia with pizza night on Friday. We always get pizza dough from a local, really good pizzeria called DeSano's. And then um, we'll just make our pizzas and we, we put it on the grill actually and it's so good. But Olivia loves the process of like going to pick the basil from the garden and getting to put the cheese on the pizza and the sauce and the olive oil. And it's just like a fun routine she looks forward to every week. I mean, Liv is fully a chef at this point. I mean, she is the cutest chef you've ever seen, but she just owns that kitchen. She is so good at it. She's so good. She's so she's like, good. Sometimes when I'm not ready and I'm like not prepared, she's like, can I come help? And I want to be like, no, I don't have time right now. Like it's yes, so cute please. that she just wants to help all the time. Yeah. But you're like, please, no, I don't want, I don't want this to be a mess right now. I just want to knock this out quickly. But her, yeah, I don't have the time. You don't have the time. 
it's so cool. Yeah. I love that she, that she loves cooking. Yeah. And honestly, just coming back to that point of just getting them involved, then I'm sure on pizza night, they're so excited then for their pizza because they were part of the process of knowing where food comes from. You know, the fact that you said she picks the basil, you know, I tell parents all the time, get a little basil plant that you can keep in the kitchen. I mean, you can find them now for $5.99. You can just get a little plant that you can put inside your kitchen that'll grow herbs. And then your kid can watch the herbs grow and they can pick them and put them in the food. And so little things like that, getting them involved really helps decrease picky eating and gives them a good understanding of where food comes from, which is really important. Right. And there's some really cool garden projects and garden companies that will ship you. There's Gardenuity. I love them. And they'll ship you like a cute gardening kit that you can actually put together with your kids. So if you don't have the space for a full garden in your yard, you can have, like you said, the basil plant in the house, a little potted herb garden, or you can have the Gardenuity. Or have you heard of Lettuce Grow? Love Lettuce Grow. I truly am. uh, It's the coolest thing. It actually grows and it does kind of the work for you. So it makes it just foolproof. Mm -hmm. I have people that say I've killed every single plant I've ever had and then I got lettuce grow and now I can grow anything. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So you have definitely brought your kids in the kitchen and incorporated them in, which I love. What would you say your favorite thing to cook with your kids is? Mm. Okay. We have a few. Pizza night, like I talked about, because they can just put on the toppings. We love doing that. And if you don't have a grill or anything like that to put the pizza on, which does taste amazing, you can stick it in the oven and it's actually just as good. So pizza, we also love to do a pumpkin bread or banana bread. I like the recipes from Cookie and Kate. And then we've also got them on our website. And the other thing is kale salad. It is turned into one of Olivia's favorite things to eat. And I think partially because she loves to be a part of the process. And I tell her, Liv, I need to massage the kale. Can you come help me massage the kale? (laughs) I don't think I'll ever not laugh over massaging kale. Even as a dietitian, it's just the funniest thing. She loves to massage the kale. So she comes over, she brings her little uh, sous chef learning tower over and we put this simple dressing. It's like olive oil, garlic, salt, pepper, and lemon. It's so easy. And we drizzle that on to the kale and she puts on these little rubber gloves and she just gets to massage the kale and it's a sensory activity for her, but also fun. She gets to see where her dinner is coming from. And that's the thing that she asks for most of the time. Can I have kale salad? Can I have more kale salad? Yeah. And 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 so much of that is that she's involved in that process of making it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say those are our favorites. What are, what do you guys cook in the kitchen? We have kind of, we try to make it as routine as possible. So we kind of have a two-week cycle menu that we do. Bryce's favorite things to cook, oats for sure is number one. Overnight oats, that's the weekly thing he just loves to do. I mean, he gets the nut butters and we use the little pots and pans and they're on our website. They're just these like little stainless steel pots of pans that are mini. And we just fill his little pan as we're filling the oats at the same time. So he gets to dump into the actual oats, but then he gets to play with his pots and pans to keep him occupied as as we're finishing up the oats. So that's cute. It's so cute. I need to get those. Yeah, they're great. They're great because then they feel like they're really doing it and he can eat out of them. So he'll mix his little dried fruit and a little bit of almond butter all together and some almond pulp and he just goes for it. 
And I like what you said about the dried fruit to have that on hand for snacking. Because ours are usually chocolate chips because we'll like stick that in the banana bread. Yeah. Chocolate (laughs) chips. is fun too. It is very fun. Chocolate chips are a good one. Dried fruit is great. The other one is sea snacks. I don't know if you've done it with your kids yet, but they are just amazing when cooking. So what is it? Sea snacks. So they're like little dried seaweed. It sounds disgusting, but they're actually addictive. What their um, what their little <laughs> tagline is is strangely addictive. But I love them because they last a little while. They crumble. They make a fun crunch noise. It's really just seaweed, and it keeps them occupied for a while. So I'll always pull out some dried fruit and some sea snacks. Ah, oh, so where do you get it? You can get them anywhere. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them from the grocery store. I'm ordering them right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. And you're, I don't think I'll love them. Maybe I will love them. I, I think you will. I do. Really? I, I actually do. I think I may have started a new food jag in your house. Oh, oh, okay. I can't believe I haven't told you about sea snacks yet. I know. Yeah. He loves to do kind of just anything that's dumping and like enchiladas where he can roll up the enchilada. He likes that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. The Instant Pot. We use it all the time. We let him dump the ingredients and actually mix. And I think that's what's really cool is that in the beginning, it felt so overwhelming, even though I've been teaching this for so long. But once I got the footing and I'm like, okay, follow your tips that you tell everyone out, plan, prepare them and keep it consistent. Try to do something every week. Now it's just routine. I mean, if we didn't do it, he would actually notice that we didn't do it. Yeah. And then it helps you. For sure. Because then you have food made. Mm -hmm. What would you say is we talk about this all the time, me and you, but I think it's really good to start talking about what products do you need to safely get your kids in the kitchen? Because without the products, I think it makes the whole kitchen so much more daunting. Right. My favorite product, and this is something that everyone should put on their registry if they're pregnant right now, even if you have it a full year before your kids even use it, maybe even a year and a half, is the Sous Chef Learning Tower. It's not super cheap, but it's one of those things you will use every day, whether the kids are washing their hands or helping mix stuff. It just helps them be at counter level with you to help, you know, get them involved, which that's our favorite. Yeah. A learning tower, like Kaylee was saying, is it just brings them up to eye level. It's almost like a step stool, but with like a guardrail around it. So what it does is it allows your kid to independently and safely stand at the counter with you. So you can use it for cooking. You can use it for hand washing. You can use it for arts and crafts at a counter, like anything where they need to be counter eye level. So it is a more expensive of a purchase, but it's definitely worth it. It's so worth it. So versatile. When we travel, it's the one thing that I miss the most. So that's one thing that we really love. The second thing is something that you told us to get, and it's those knives. And we'll link them, but they're knives that your kids can use in the kitchen and learn how to cut things. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you could better explain the benefits of them, but we love the knives. Yeah, no, kid-safe knives are everything. So what a kid-safe knife is, is just a safer knife for them to be able to cut things with. And so it helps build that independence. When you think about getting your kids in the kitchen, we want to think about it through the lens of being able to say the word no the least amount of times. So the more items that we can give to them where they have autonomy and we don't have to say no, the smoother the process goes and the happier they are. So these kids' safe knives are amazing because they're just a safer knife for them to be able to cook things with. And on our website, we'll have everything that we talked about today, the essentials to get your kid involved in the kitchen. We'll just make an easy link for you guys to be able to look at all of our favorite products. But those knives are great. And you have to kind of gauge when your kid is ready for them. 
So, you know, start giving your kid where you do hand over hand with them and see how they do. And then once you realize that they're getting, you know, that they're safe doing it, give them things that are soft, like start with avocado or watermelon. Those are great ones. Or even a piece of cheese, a slice of cheese. Mm -hmm. Something else. Oh, that just reminded me that we do with cheese is I got those little cookie cutters you told us to order. And so we will use cookie cutters on cheese or slices of cheese so that it just makes it more fun to eat. But I mean, cheese is already fun to eat. (laughs) It just makes it extra fun. Those cookie cutters are truly the best $4.99 you can spend. I think that's how much they are. They're so versatile. You can use Mm. them with cheese. You can use them with fruits. You can use them with vegetables. So we talked about in a couple episodes ago about picky eating in ways to like make meals more fun. Cookie cutters are great. But also when you're cooking with your kids, they love making shapes. So stars or bears or fish, whatever it may be. And they have a little plastic top on them so that they feel that they can do it themselves in a safe way. I love those things. They are amazing. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite products other than those? So definitely the ones you said, Learning Tower for sure. The other two things that I think are really important are getting a set of pots and pans for your kids, just a small little play set like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then their own set of just utensils like measuring cups and measuring spoons, things like that, that are just kid-friendly and are color-coded are really helpful because then they can start learning this is a cup and this is half a cup. And so you can start integrating that math, the thinking that way. So those those are what I would say for sure. Cute, cute. Something I want to talk about is kitchen rules. I probably need a refresher on these and a reminder, but what are some rules in the kitchen that we teach our kids? Absolutely. So the rules, these are the boundaries that you hold by. So if your kid, like, you know, sometimes you can prep and you can plan and you can tell them, and it could be something like Bryce making his oats that he could probably do without us there. And some days he's just not ready to do them and we have to just cut it off and end the activity. So there are certain rules that we want to start teaching our kids to do routinely. Number one, hand washing. So before they cook and after they cook, washing their hands, Mm -hmm. using the cutest little song that Liv sings all the time. I love that song. I love that song. So hand washing. I actually don't love singing it, but I think it's really cute watching her sing it. I almost put you on the spot. I don't spot. know why I said I love that song. I almost, I almost put you on the spot and had you sing it. <laughs> I'm glad you did it. We'll link it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Liv is really cute as she, as she sings it. It is cute. She's teaching Luca now too. This, it's so fun to have like a sibling, a younger sibling, because now she's teaching all this stuff. The other thing is, is like I said before, raw makes you sick. So when your kid goes to take a bite of something that's raw, you have to just keep reinforcing. We can't have a bite of that. Raw makes you sick. But if their hands are clean, here are the dried fruit or the sea snacks or whatever it is that you have prepped for them to take little taste testers of so that they have something. And then finally, I would say getting them involved in cleanup. So dishes. Many times we don't incorporate our kids doing dishes because we just, you know, we don't get the memo that they're ready to do it. Kids are Mm -hmm. ready to help with those types of tasks pretty early on. So in the twos, you can start getting your kid to clean dishes and help you with that. So pull the learning tower over and have them help you with the cleanup because you want them to start to understand the responsibility of the prepping, the cooking, and the cleaning. Yes. Yes. And then it becomes fun for them, especially if you make it a fun thing like 
oh, guess what? You get to start bringing your plate to the sink now. I think what we forget is that there are so many chores around the house. Kids love to be helpers. They want to be helpers, especially toddlers. They want to do everything you do. So if there's a task, I mean, Haley, I know that the dishes are one of your least favorite tasks (laughs) to do. (laughs) How do you know that? I know that. Uh, A little birdie told me. They're Tyler's favorite, or at least I like to tell him they're his favorite. (laughs) I'm like, you're so sexy when you do the dishes. (laughs) That's a good tactic. I know. It's so hot when you do the dishes or when you drive so carefully. It's just super sexy. (laughs) I love that. But yeah, I mean, getting them involved, they want to be little helpers. So anything that you're doing, like dishes, um, laundry, let them throw the items in the the dishwasher. Let them throw the items in the dryer. Uh, Push the buttons. Anything in a safe way. You have a blender, let them hit the button on the blender. Anything like that. The more you can give them autonomy, the more self-confidence they build and the more invested they are in it. They love it. I love all these points. And I did need a reminder about the raw makes you sick because in our house, we definitely try the brownie batter. But I think it all just goes back to to what you say about the 80-20 rule in this too. It's like, let's be safe, but let's also be realistic. And and we're probably going to dip our finger in the brownie batter or the cake batter or the banana bread. So um, I, I don't want parents to think that we're saying like, absolutely not, you know, still have fun with it, but let's not eat spoonfuls of it. Absolutely. You want to have fun. Who hasn't tried it? And I think just like, you know, repeating that so that your kid just kind of understands certain things, especially when you're teaching them to crack eggs as opposed to taking just like the straight raw egg and putting it in their mouth. But I love that reminder because ultimately what we want is we want cooking in the kitchen to be something that is not daunting and becomes more routine in your household and fun. It should be when you follow these tips, when you plan, when you prep, when you give your kid as much autonomy as you can, knowing that there's going to be some errors and it's not going to be perfect really allows you to have fun with your kid. And ultimately, it's a place to build their confidence, get them exposed to more foods and be an enjoyable bonding experience for you and your kid. And it really is. And I truly believe that it's part of the reason that Olivia loves some of the foods that she loves because she's involved in it and she's getting to see it from start to finish. Even if you want to go so far as to the gardening from start to finish and seeing where her food comes from and seeing how it's made and that food's not ready in two seconds. It takes time and to be patient. And I think that's good for them to learn because sometimes there's been times where, you know, we just, we have their snacks ready, like right when they wake up from their nap and we have their dinner ready. And and so then they just expect food to be ready so fast. But when they're a part of the process, they realize that it's not this like, oh, it's just food just is ready. It's, yeah, it takes time and work, but it can be fun. Yeah. And I'm sure you've noticed this, but you know, when you first are cooking with your kids, it's like, you know, it only is a couple minutes, right? Like their attention span is nothing. But as you continue to do it, watching them build that patience is just so fun to watch because it extends out of so many areas besides just cooking with them. It builds their patience in any other area of their life. So it's a skill that, you know, I wish that I was more involved in the kitchen as a kid than I was. And I love doing it for kids and helping parents so that they can do it in the easiest possible way. Oh, yes. I know. You're so good at it though. And thank you so much for sharing all of this and for sharing your tips with me, which inspired us to do this podcast in the first place. 
uh, of course. I mean, thank you for having just the cutest kids on the planet that it is so fun to help them. Um, <laughs> Well, help them get involved thank in the you. kitchen. And we're coming out with really fun cooking classes so that we can help all of you actually put what we talk about into practice. And I think it's just fun to just start doing some recipes and starting off easy and, you know, kind of weaning yourself into it and just start to make it a, a routine in your household as mm-hmm. small as it is, even if it's just dumping oats into a container once a week. Yes. Okay. So Jess, I need to ask you, what made you feel full this week? What made me feel full this week was actually Haley was sitting down with you and really planning on how to use my time so much better. I felt like, you know, we have so much going on and I have just felt so much more grounded. I needed someone to say, okay, let's do high yield things. Let's restructure our days so we can just be as productive as possible. And it's really allowed me just to be better in general, better for Josh, better for Bryce, better for the business, better for everything. So you made me feel full this week. Oh, thanks. Well, likewise, I loved doing that. It it helps me stay on track and I always need to kind of figure out how to better manage my my time and everything. Yeah, I think I need a monthly reminder. Okay, ditto. What made you feel full? Something that personally made me feel full this week. And it was actually a very uncomfortable moment because I had to listen to myself on a podcast that I did a year and a half ago someone released a podcast that we recorded so long ago. And I feel like I've already grown and changed so much in just that year and a half. And then another friend released a podcast this week that was this week that we did the podcast. And so hearing the difference in my voice from a year and a half ago to now is crazy. It was embarrassing a little bit. I loved both podcasts, but it was very hard to listen to the first one. Just I felt it sounded like I was so insecure and just very timid and afraid to speak up. And then in the other two that I was listening to this week, I was like, wow, it is like a world of difference. And I can just hear my confidence boosted or something. I don't know what it was, but it was hard, but it also made me feel full realizing how much I've grown and... um learned to start using my voice. I love that. That's amazing. And way to go. I mean, that is just so... To like have something tangible in a period of time where you can then hear your growth like that, that's so cool. And good for you yeah. of going through the discomfort of listening to the whole podcast, even though it made you feel uncomfortable. Oh, it was so hard. It was so hard. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, experiences, and anything you want us to cover. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. Can't wait to see you next week. 